the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Welcome to the Heart of Innovation. 60 minutes that can save life and limb with new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org, in partnership with Cardiovascular System Incorporated's patient advocacy campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Well, mindset is medicine for both the physician and the patient. Medicine already recognizes the persuasive power of beliefs. The use of placebos is a great example of that. But it's much more than that, especially with chronic, painful vascular ailments such as peripheral artery disease or PAD, which is restricted blood flow and mainly the leg arteries due to plaque buildup. Patients with PAD feel at times as though a tourniquet is wrapped tightly around their legs when they walk. Sometimes the leg pain and cramping wake them up at night as well. Dr. Paramjeet Romi Chopra joins me and Dr. Phillips in this episode to talk about the powerful combination of science and spirituality to help patients and physicians persevere in challenging life and limb-saving situations. The discussion will also touch upon the importance of a growth mindset later on in the show um, for those in continuing medical education situations and with patients using their diagnosis as a learning experience. So this is really going to be a wonderful show to ring in the new year, 2023. Right, Dr. Phillips? Indeed, Kim. How are you? Happy New Year. Hope you had a great Christmas. Um, I think this is going to be a really interesting show. I've spent a lot of time uh, the past year kind of getting, trying to get in that right mindset and we're ushering in 2023 now. So try to continue that positive, positive way of thinking. It's always hard to do. So speaking of positive thinking, do you have any words of inspiration for us today? (laughs) Dr. John Phillips, spectacular vascular moment of inspiration. I, there's this poem that I picked up by Runyard Kipling. It's called If, and uh, it's I think it was print or went out in press like in 1910 or 1915. But basically, wow. it's kind of this bundle of suggestions from a father to his son. And he's kind of telling his son how to cope with different situations in life. And I thought it was apropos to maybe read a little bit of the poem as we talk about mind mindfulness and having a positive mind. Um, you know, focus and, uh, and, and usher in 2023. So I'll read a couple of, couple of lines and then I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. And then obviously we have, uh, Dr. Chopra's going to be joining us here and Douglas on the line too, to, to digest a little bit of this. But the poem starts off by, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs, blame on you. And if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. So this portion here is just trying to be even keel, I think. Um, in the procedures that we do and what life throws at us, there's a lot of waves, crests and troughs, et cetera, but trying to keep, keep your head about you when, when everyone, everyone else is losing theirs. That's huge. And then finally, one of my favorite parts of the poem, he, he says, quote, if you meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, really profound in the sense that, you know, triumph and disaster, they're the two extremes of life. And he calls them imposters because they, you know, they can kind of make you too happy or too sad, but in, in general, they don't last very long and, and try not to take 
take it too seriously. Again, being even keeled. So I like this poem a lot. It's actually, I have a, a copy of it hanging in my wall in my office and I try to read it every day. So uh, it will help get us in that right mindset. I think that that is incredibly powerful. I was told by um, a coach that I had a, a while ago, um, I had an executive coach and she said, um, you, you literally can't get to a solution frequency, a solution frequency. If you're still on the problem frequency, she said, you have different frequencies and you have to, if you want a solution to a problem, you need to be on the solution frequency and not the problem frequency. And what that means is you can't sit there and focus on the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem, because when you're focused on that problem, and focused on that problem and focused on that problem, you're never going to find that solution. And that's always been very, very powerful to me. And I think that that speaks to what you were saying. Exactly, too, because let's talk, you know, obviously we spend a lot of time talking about health issues for patients on this show. We talk a lot about peripheral arterial disease, cardiac disease. Um, we've talked about ALS, everything. And, and these are kind of the slings and arrows that get thrown at us and our patients. And Depending on how you respond to that mentally, I think will dictate how your treatment path and algorithm goes. I know that patients who have positive attitudes tend to do better than those that don't. And, and granted, there are some things that we ultimately can't cure, but we can really improve that patient's life while they deal with this disease and allow them to have a more fruitful existence while coping with whatever's going on with them. And I, Dr. Chopra, I think you, you could weigh in right here. I'm sure you have a lot to say. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, years ago, I kind of took myself down a spiritual path and understanding it, we all are on a spiritual path. And the first condition was you have to understand who we are as humans and I, people ask me, what do you do for a living? And I say, I'm in the business of taking care of people. Yes, I treat PAD as a disease, but I'm actually working with that human being. And to understand the human condition at the very basic becomes the key point. And everything that you've said so far is all attributes to that. I mean, we're just a speck of dust in this universe. And once we accept that there are higher powers than us, whatever you call it, divinity, faith, God, and then understand that human condition. And within that framework comes us. So we talked about, you know, positive attitude. Now, happiness is conditional. If I have this, I'm happy. If I don't, I'm unhappy. Joy is a state of being. And that comes by accepting what the universe has thrown at us. And we are all on a journey of life so many rotations and revolutions around the sun. We come from the earth and we have three levels of existence, your body, your mind, and your spirit. Body is where we feel, mind is where we think, and spirit is actually where you feel. That's where the word inspiration comes from, into our spirits. And the only connection we have with the universe is our breath. That's why they say, slow down, take a deep breath. As we understand this with patients, Feelings live in our spirit. And when that calms down, that's the chariot or the, per, the spirit is driving the chariot, which is us, the human being. The reins are the minds, the horses are the body. And just and, and within that paradigm, all of what you just said fits. Uh, you know, joyful existence and health is not the absence of problems. They're the presence of solutions. That was what you were talking about, the, uh, the frequency of solutions or problems. And similarly with that poem, all these things are tra transi transitional is the right word, I would say, transitory or transient. And when we start focusing on a different level, so I make my patients meditate, I tell them, relax, you take a deep breath, not think of what exactly is happening. Within that framework, it is so powerful we can definitely talk some more about it, but I wanted to kind of lay that lay that uh, paradigm, if you would. Mm -hmm. I could go on forever, but I wanted to just uh, mention that first, and, <laughs> this is be, and we this can definitely be a talk show. more about it. I can feel it. This is going to be a good show. <laughs> I think Thank this you. is going to be amazing. And on that note, so we can 
get things started. Let's go to break and let's dive right in as soon as we're back. So stay with us right here on The Heart of Innovation. Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease, or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advanced stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular systems Diamondback 360 atherectomy system, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this New Year's Eve. Uh, we're trying to usher in the new year by being positive in our outlook with whatever um, kind of problem that gets thrown at us and um, we're Kim and I are really happy to have Dr. Chopra on on the show um, kind of just sharing his thoughts about mindfulness and and how he changed his his mental attitude and then how that kind of translates into a more positive attitude I think for his for his patients so Dr. Chopra before the break we were kind of talking about I think your general philosophy why don't we take a few steps back and if you can bring us to that point where maybe you had that epiphany or that cathartic uh, moment that said, hmm, maybe my current state of mind isn't where it should be. And I'm going to try to get to a different state of mind and walk us through how how you got there. Yes. Uh, you know, um, we don't decide when we are born. I don't think we'll decide when we are dead either. And uh, it's life, it's life, life longing for itself. So, you know, I was born in Burma, Mandalay, uh, one of the youngest of seven kids. Find myself next in India. My dad had uh, come back to India from Burma for whatever reason. And as I was going through life, next I know I find myself, I'm 17 and a half years old, I'm in medical school. And, you know, life is happening to me. 22, I'm a physician. Next I know I'm married. Next I know I'm in in the United States, I'm at Harvard Medical School, and I'm, like everybody else, running to climb the ladder of success, youngest chairman, this, that. But I was unhappy because, you know, I'm chasing. I was like a cat chasing my own tail. And uh, as I started looking at, you know, things, you, when you're young, you don't have money, you aspire for money, you aspire for things. But there was an inner hollowness coming in it was always about, I want to be this title and that title and this thing and that thing. And wow. still unhappy, still not feeling good. And, and I was born in, in the, the Sikh faith. Uh, and religions in general um, have give you structure to understand. But there is one sun, one moon, one earth, one solar system. The laws of nature govern. And uh, I was... Had, had grown rapidly in my career, the things we want to, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. And next I know I'm still unhappy. I've got a big house. I'm unhappy. My ex, now my ex-wife, she was unhappy. And we're like, what's going on here? We should be happy. Should be feeling great. Not happening. Started to explore. Present itself. It, when it's unhappy, you know, you're distressed. There's arguments. There's fighting. There's I want more than what I have. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should, somebody else is doing this, so maybe I should do that. But I found soon that I, I would connect with people, and I started looking, and I was a voracious reader. Um, turned to organized religion, and I'm a live at the human condition. So there's no Hindu, Christian, Protestant, Jewish blood. There's A, B, A, B, and all. Laughter is the same. We all come from the five elements of the earth. 
earth, fire, water, wind, and space. Uh, there are five inputs to our senses, there are five outputs. And in the end, nobody at the deathbed says, hey, I wish I had more money, I did this, I wish I had more love, I spent more time with my family, etc." It soon occurred to me, whatever language it was, whatever faith-based system you looked at, there were, there's some universality to what's going on. You look up, there's only one sun, it's 24 hours a day. The fastest creature in the world and the slowest creature in the world had the same one second. It is what you do in that one second. And if you're a space rocket, whatever that means to you as a human, you still have that one second. Success is fulfilling your God-given potential. So I started looking at who else has done it. One of the books I ran into was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Mm -hmm. Stephen Covey. And it was powerful. It was life-changing for me in terms of understanding this. Years later, I found out he was of the Mormon faith or Latter-day Saints, etc. But he had translated that in, in a way into uh, business language. Deepak Chopra was a friend of mine. I, I met him in Boston 30-plus years ago when I first got there. We had common friends. He would talk and write from the uh, Vedic perspective and combine it, but he brought things into the mainstream and talked about a certain way. But in the end, these are all universal truths, like gravity. So, you know, people talk about positive thinking in a way, and it depends. Uh, and for example, if I just use this metaphor of life as a river, that's why we say go with the flow. You're a fish in it, I'm an efficient. The Hindus are most efficient. The Muslim is the Christian is the Jew is. Life is like the Holy Spirit. It's flowing in its direction. It's doing what it's doing. Now, if I start praying to, quote unquote, a God with positive attitude and say, can you please change the course of the river? And the other fish is praying to another deity of his and says, go the other way. What do you think the river does? The river goes its own way. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's the main spirit we talk about. And that is life. And that's why the phrase, go with the flow. And as a fish, if I accept that I'm a tiny little fish, the other fish is a shark, the other one's a whale, we don't make ourselves eat each other, you accept them, and now you do your best. So when I see LeBron dunk a ball, I'm not envious that I can't dunk a ball. I am inspired that he is fulfilling his gifts, inspires me to go out and do my best because I don't think he can do an angiogram and save a leg. So each one of us has our own gifts. Now, how did this come, thinking come about? It was one idea at a time, and then I found myself understanding meditation is nothing but just getting in tune with the rest of the universe. So anytime I have a problem, I say thank you to the universe. I have a Solution, thank you to the universe. Acceptance, I accept what it is, do my best. When somebody says, and I don't take anything personally, this was another book, The Four Agreements. You know, first is be true to your word. Second is never take anything personally. But what I meant, what I understood from that, and I, for me, the most important thing, if you ask me about my journey, was I would learn one idea, not the whole book apply it over the next few days, internalize it, then go to the next. And then with that one and one I would start to try and apply this kind of, and it's like dissolving sugar in water or color in water. It's part of it now and not something separate. And that kind of thinking is what I try to bring into patient care, into everything that we do on a day-to-day -day basis and certain universal laws of nature, like people feel before the thing, go up to a blind person and call him, yo, blind guy, he'll be mad at you, is the truth. And these kind of little things would come to me one at a time, and I just started picking them up from wherever I could find it. Uh, I go, you know, I've been to mosques, temples, churches, all of them say things, words, as if they are magical words, but each one of them was written by somebody to explain what life is and what the universe is, to understand them and apply them. And what I soon found is without preaching it, but living it, 
people feel inspired right away. Whether you get on a plane, whether it's in the OR, whether you're in a restaurant, and you become effective with people solving their problems. Because in the end, when you're born as a baby, you're at ease. It is when you're not at ease, it is disease. And all of us wants to come to homeostasis and life goes on in the meantime. And that's the journey of life. So that kind of understanding came to me about 20 years ago. And that's kind of when I said, hey, I'm not going to preach this. I'm going to practice it, live it. And I, and I hope that makes sense, Dr. Phillips, in, in how I was trying to explain this journey to you. And coming up right here on The Heart of Innovation, we're going to actually share with you now how he lives it and he practices it every single day to help patients to heal. So stay with us. Well, hi there. I'm Dr. David Alper, and I'm here with this week's medical notepad. We are brought to you by Cardiovascular System Incorporated's patient advocacy campaign, which is helping everyone take a stand against amputation, and thewaytomyheart.org. This week, we're going to talk about why every peripheral artery disease patient needs to do a self-foot examination on a regular basis, and quickly how to do it. Peripheral artery disease, or PAD, is restricted blood flow in mainly the leg arteries and feet due to plaque buildup in those vessels. Limited blood flow to the feet can cause trouble if you end up with a sore on your foot. Why? Because the blood carries the nutrients that help the body do the building that's necessary to close a wound healthily. And without those building blocks, wounds cannot close, infections cannot be fought, Gangrene can potentially set in, and suddenly your doctor is talking to you about amputation. So much of this is preventable with early intervention and prevention. And prevention simply means to look and react. So let's talk about what looking involves. Well, the first thing is just that. You need to take off your shoes and socks every day and see what's going on down there. And if you're not able to reach down there, you get a good family member or you get a mirror in order to be able to see all parts of your feet. You need to look between the toes and see if the skin is breaking down. You need to look all over your feet to see any areas of redness or rubbing because rubbing and friction is an early sign of breakdown of skin. You want to feel both your feet and see whether there's a difference in temperature. A difference in temperature could mean a difference in circulation from one foot or leg to the other. You want to look to see if the hair has stopped growing. Grass does not grow if the water is not there. And so if, in fact, hair has stopped growing, it again is a sign the circulation is down. You want to see if there's any blotchiness, any changes in color anywhere along your legs or your feet. And you want to look in general to make sure that you don't have any wounds there. Very often people with PAD have what we call neuropathy or a loss of sensation. And so you can have a bottom uh, cut or between your toes that you're unaware of until it's too late. The second part of this is after you finish looking, it is time to react. You do not simply say, well, I'm going to watch it for a while and hopefully it will heal because usually it will not. And early is definitely better. So if you find not just a cut, not just an open wound, not just a blood spot on your socks or on the bed sheets, but even just an area of redness that may be rubbing too much, it is time to bring it to a podiatrist or your family physician to say, I'm concerned and I have PAD. By doing this, you can be one of the 85% of people that are scheduled for amputations that can be prevented by doing this early intervention. With this week's medical notebook, my name is Dr. David Alper. For more information on peripheral artery disease, go to standagainstamputation.com and for support at any time, go to thewaytomyheart.org. Thank you so very much and we'll see you again with another medical notepad. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. 
Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. We're talking to Dr. Paramjit Ramesh Chopra. Um, he is one of the most inspiring physicians that I have met. I actually met Dr. Chopra at an event that we held in Chicago this summer for patients who have peripheral artery disease. And we were talking about the tools and techniques that doctors were using to help restore blood flow in the legs and get patients to start walking again. And Dr. Chopra was asked a question by um, one of the caregivers that was there um, in in the group, the wife of one of our patients. Uh, And that was Tony. And he went into the most inspirational commentary and all of us were completely in awe. And if you've been listening up to this point, you, you know that what he says and how he says it is incredibly mesmerizing. But something Dr. Chopra stood out to me just from um, what you were talking about before the break. And it was when you mentioned LeBron James and how he can dunk a basketball and how well he can play and not being jealous of him, not being envious of him, not literally putting yourself down because of what he can do and you can't. And I apply that to patients who have peripheral artery disease who compare themselves to um, someone next to them that can walk a thousand feet or 10,000 steps and they can only walk 10 that you can't look at them with that, you know, jealousy or, and, you know, being envious of them. You have to look at them as an inspiration and encouragement versus discouragement. Is that what you were saying? Yes. You know, uh, the overall principle that I apply there is you are not in the world. The world is in you. What do I mean by that? You know, if somebody's colorblind, they can't see red, but red exists. So as we go through life, we have our own potential. We didn't decide when we'd be born. And we have the tools that the universe gave us. You can do the best of that to enjoy that journey. It's it's a fixed uh, journey. Uh, we may be able to modify it a little bit, but it's like a treadmill going one second at a time. What I've found is a lot of people have so many gifts and they ignore those and they watch the other's gifts and, uh, and, and are now putting themselves in a state of unhappiness, misery, lack of joy, and are not able to do their best. You know, I've seen this, there's some videos and pictures, and even at Qatar, the FIFA, there was this young boy who literally has no uh, no limbs at all, and super inspirational, and just doing his best, whatever that is, whether it's, other, you know, you look at uh, so many other individuals who are just living up to their own potential, and ultimately going back to what the universe's gifts were for them. And I bring that and to the then, patients as well. And then, you know, my, the thought that I would add to that is I'm, I'm reading a book by David Goggins called Can't Hurt Me. So he he's a Navy SEAL who uh, basically has kind of triumphed over all sorts of, of um, problems with his life and his childhood was terrible. And, uh, you know, he, he had to go through Navy SEAL training three times and, and he talks about this 40% potential that most of us only utilize 40% of our potential. And, and his whole mantra is getting to more than 40%, 50, 60, 70%, whatever it is. And, and he talks about callousing your mind and, and embracing pain and, and learning from the pain and continuing to build. But I think if I'm hearing you correctly, it's all about realizing what your potential is and then continuing to to kind of reach for a little bit more each day yeah Yeah. and and using and i think the other thing too is you use you use other people to motivate you not to be not not to be envious of them absolutely you know i i turn 60 i behave like i'm 40 and sometimes i'll I'll joke with my team as i keep up with the old man and (laughs) what it is is i'll take them to bulls games i take them to other stuff and it's and all of it is energy. All of it is how you manage your energy. You know, um, we think we control everything. And for, when somebody tells me that, how much control do you have in your life? And Dr. Phillips, I'll invite you to do this. Take your left hand, close your nostrils. Take your right hand, close your mouth. Tell yourself, I'm not breathing. Think positively. And then let's see what happens. Within a few seconds, whatever that is, 30, 60, 90, maybe 180, 
whether you're a seal or not, at some point, your spirit, which is the real Dr. Phillips, and doctor is also just a role we play. Mm-hmm. When we, when that spirit's going to say, sorry, Phillips, we're breathing today. Your time ain't come. And same way, you just don't decide when you're born. So accepting, and, and you know, reality, that's in different faiths, call it different things. That reality, once you understand it, then it's things. So if you watch Star Wars, Luke, trust the force, go to Avatar, Anya, in, in organized religion, Christianity, they call it the Holy Spirit. That's life. And once you understand that rhythm and you go with the flow, you're going to do well. In Hinduism, they call it dharma. That's your purpose. The purpose of the sun is to shine. It doesn't care who gets the sunshine. The purpose of the tree is to give fruit and shade. It doesn't care who gets it. Right. So we all have a purpose. Now, how do you know your purpose is the question people always ask me. That is really, you yes. You feel it. You feel it. Try having a drop of kerosene. It's going to burn. Well, and you know, you know have you ever, yeah, you don't put kerosene in your car, do you? Right, right. But there are other, other engines that need kerosene. Now, if you give you rocket fuel for your car, that's not going to work either. So from fun. that point of view, if you are a bird, you will fly. You will feel happy when you reach the height that you are supposed to be at. And, and, and happiness and you, is not, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm just thinking about another book that I recently read, which I think everybody should read, Man's Search for Meeting by Viktor Frankl, yeah. who yes, was yes. the psychiatrist, you know, he the psychiatrist in in the concentration camps. And, and yes. to, find, to find something positive about Auschwitz or whatever concentration camp he, he was in is astounding to me. But he saw people living as best could while they were dying. Um, and I think I remember at one point in the book, he, he, he talked to a woman who was stuck in her, whatever barracks they were in and, and was dying and was going to die, but she was looking at a tree. And I think that tree gave her some spirituality of her role in this, in this universe and, and ultimately allowed her to have positive thoughts while everything around her was crashing in and, there's no reason for any positivity at all, knowing no. what your outcomes were going to be there. But how do you yeah, translate yeah, that? Too. How do you bring it down to the patient level? So you have a patient that it feels like they have a tourniquet wrapped around their leg. They have to wait and wait and wait to get treated, to get in, to get their blood flow restored. And it's painful. And all they want to do is 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 die, have their legs cut off because they can't deal with the pain anymore. How do you take all of this thinking and bring it down to that yeah. level to the patient? Sure. So here's what I do, and I do this on a daily basis with my patients and with myself. So first I say is, listen, you didn't ask for this disease. It came to you, right? So now that's acceptance. Now the next thing you have to do is have eternal optimism and do your best. We know we're going to check out one day. Now, what's doing your best mean at that time? Number one is what things do you have control of? I have patients who say everything else, they want to do all this, but they will not stop smoking that pack of cigarettes. And that's free will. You have a choice. Don't put kerosene in your car. Don't. So that's number one. Number two is now you're going to go find the resources to help you find the solution that you need. What's the problem? We are designed to move. I can't move. When I try to move, I get pain. So that pain is a warning sign that something's going wrong in my blood vessels. Now find the person who's just sitting and complaining is not going to solve that problem. That's how I do that mindset. You know, to bring it to it, I could elaborate a lot further, but I wanted to kind of give you a sense of how to do that. Because just crying about it, just screaming about it, not going to solve the problem. What is the solution we can find given the paradigm you're already in, given the framework you already have? Yeah. Let's elaborate on that coming up in just a moment right here on the Heart of Innovation. So stay with us on this inspiring conversation. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. 
Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. We're continuing what I think is probably one of our more inspirational shows uh, with the conversation with Dr. Chopra and um, and Kim. And we've got Doug on the line as well. And, and before we went to break, we were, I think, just basically going over, hey, controlling what you can control and not whining about it, frankly. Uh, and, and, and the way I approach this is you have two ways to tackle a problem once you figure out what that problem is. You can lay up, stay up all night thinking about it, um, letting it bother you, not getting anywhere, or you can figure out solutions to it. And Dr. Trouble, you were just commenting on, let's do the latter. Let's start figuring out solutions. And this is for our patients, yeah. but also just in life in general. If you are worrying about money, <laughs> stay up all night I'm worrying about money, or you can figure out ways, okay, well, how am I going to get these bill paid? What am I going to do differently here? How am I going to take this this problem and turn it into an opportunity? Yes. So, you know, the way I look at this, I say worry is a waste of imagination. It's like revving your engine and not doing anything about it. So the first thing becomes is, uh, am I in a state of joy? Am I in a state of happiness? Without making it sound too kooky is, I need to walk and I can't walk, so I've got a problem. And the solution, and my goal is to find out why I have the problem and then try to solve that goal. Uh, we can't even, we are not born alone. We need care before we are born, prenatal care. We can't even die alone. We need postmortem. Somebody needs to bury us, et cetera. So that's why the business of healthcare exists and we go to other human beings for care. So immediately you build up a team of folks around you that you can rely on to take you to that sense of solution, to the sense of well-being that you need. Now, each person is different. To a 90-year-old, it may be his best that day is just getting out of bed and going to the bathroom. Uh, to a younger person, it may be I need to run the marathon. To me, it's, hey, I love taking care of people. That's my purpose in life. And so, therefore, I need to be able to go out there, see the patients, inspire them, save their limbs, help them lead their best lives, and I'm doing my best. And with that, you know, like I said, I was born to seek faith, and if you read across other cultures, literatures, et cetera, there's a concept of reality. We call it hukum, uh, the Holy Spirit. Then there's the concept of eternal optimism. And... In every faith, in one way or the other, it says that a higher power controls you. Christianity is, I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega, and thy will be done. Uh, Judaism says it a different way. Islam says it a different way. They say, surrender the will of God. So if all this is happening, you can't just sit back and say, I just surrender the will of God and do nothing. It's accepting what was has come at me. And now what are the solutions I can bring in to break me to my sense of well-being to accomplish what my purpose is? But it's also, in my case, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but it's also accepting the, the you know, Taoism and the yin and the yang, uh, the chaos and order that exists. Yes, yes, and yes, yeah. It's, yeah. You're, you're walking on that tightrope and it's a balance between yes. the two. I mean, think about yes. in the cat, like when we're doing procedures, you're always kind of on the cusp of having something go completely off the rails and sideways. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. it's Correct. not, you have to be able to, and when we do procedures and with life, just kind of control what you can control and be prepared. Yes. But you also yes. have to understand that there are things that just happen and they happen and you have to roll with the punches, right? Yes, and do your best. That's the part thing. So, you know, people talk of prayer or meditation. We all balls of energy. Somebody the universe makes you a thousand watt bulb and but the energy comes not from the light bulb, not from the wire, not from the switch. It comes from one of the five elements of the word. The first law of thermodynamics is energy is not created or destroyed, only transferred. So that's the ultimate energy, the Holy Spirit that comes transfers through different elements of the earth. A prayer is nothing but your feelings, energy going out and feeling energy coming back to you in very subtle ways. That's what is considered the positive thinking, if you would. You see 
they say this person is inspiring, meaning into my spirit or enlightening, just putting on, and they shed out these energy. So patients, when they are dealing with themselves, the ones who are depressed, who are looking at it from a negative thing, oh, my little toe is black, but they're ignoring the 99% of their gifts and not doing their best, I'm still smoking, and they blame that little black dot, but not solving it, that is not the right approach for them. So, but I don't preach to them, I don't yell at them, I, I try to be an inspiration, but work my way around it. And I asked them, if you had a horse, would you let it sit around all day? They go, no. I said, it's a million dollar horse or $10 million horse, you can't get another one. They say, your body is your horse. Your spirit, that's the real you, is driving it. Now, get up, go chase something. It may be five feet, it may be 10 feet, but go move, stop complaining. Don't put kerosene in your body. Stop that smoking, don't eat the garbage control yourself. And everybody's looking at, do I have a bigger house? Do I have this or that? I said, what faith are you in? Whatever they tell me, it's Hinduism, Islam, whatever Christianity. I said, what was Jesus's net worth? What was Muhammad's net worth? So they confuse net worth for self-worth, advertising all day, all that stuff. And I go, you know what? Now think about it differently. You will die one day. Now my job is to help you have a great journey and let me do what I can. If that toe is black, I can't turn it around, but I'll help you prevent the rest. Now you work with me. That's how this mindset bring it in. And you know, I have patients who text me, call me, and from uh, while they're in a hospital somewhere. Just yesterday, I did a patient who is, you know, he's been told to get an amputation. He's in the hospital. I want to name the hospital, large one in the city. He puts the the vascular surgeon on the phone. The guy's doing it, uh, and he says, "I I only recommend amputation." He discharges himself, and is in our lab yesterday. We opened up. Now he loses some part of his toes, but I took him and his family through this journey to help them understand this better. If that makes sense. Well, I it, wanted to kind of give you a feel for yeah, how no, I put no, this no, into no. practice it, daily. You're right too, because. A couple of things you you touched on. Number one, the aura I think that you give off or that we give off uh, is is felt by the patient. And if if you give off negative vibes or if the if your answer to most questions is no, the patients feel that and they 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 kind of I, I think react to it and then they become more negative. However, yeah. What your 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 insight is? Let's be positive. Let's do what we can. Obviously, need to be realistic, and then that rubs off on the patient. I had something. I had a patient yesterday, uh, or two days ago. She came in for she had a STEMI, and we opened up one artery, and she was coming back for um, fixing the other one. And she said, "You know, I could tell you were getting frustrated for the first that first case because it was complicated and it took a while." And I never really thought about that, but it's like, yeah, the patients do know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they pick up on patients. those vibes and, and, yeah. and, I, and that, that really kind of caught my attention. Like, man, maybe I need to change my outward attitude a little bit here. Yeah. The rule there is people, we as humans feel before we think. Mm-hmm. And it, we are live balls of energy. So if I have a negative day, I'm not feeling good. I just go into my shell for a moment meditate, get myself back up to my mantra is be like the sun and shine. Yeah. Because yeah. Nine, 80 to 90% of communication is nonverbal and people see your energy, feel your energy. I mean, I have this, you know, I've been doing this in life in general. It's not a role I play. It's who I am. I was just on a vacation trip overseas and, you know, from the server at the front, to the driver, I knew everybody's name, they knew my name. It's just how you interact with other humans. It's certainly, and, and I think that, and that's we've got to, we've, we've got to cut the break. Um, we'll be right back and then we're going to finish up this fantastic show. So stay with us. Welcome back to the heart of innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. 
Welcome back to the show, The Heart of Innovation. We have Dr. Paramjit Rami Chopra, along with, of course, Dr. Phillips is here. That um, This has been one of the most inspiring shows, I think, that we have done um, to this point. And, you know, I really see what Dr. Chopra has been saying is, you know, hey, um, we're the, you know, as patient advocates, as doctors, et cetera, we're only the facilitators of the desire that the patient already has for wellness. And when it comes to that feeling of wellness that you already have, the doctor can then reverse engineer it with the tools and techniques that they have to restore that blood flow, to restore you to hopefully that state of wellness that you desire. Um, I'm curious from a patient's perspective, though, we have Douglas, who's here, who's been following the conversation and also monitoring our chat with other um, patients. Douglas, what is your, uh, you know, just overall feeling from what you've heard so far? Well, the question would be comes down to basically what we've all been talking, what we've heard about for the last hour is how we were living our lives, woke up one day diagnosed with PAD. Now, how do we live our lives not allowing the disease to be who we are, to continue to be the individual, the, the, the artist, the, the writer, all the stuff that we were before? How do we continue that now? And as a recovering addict, I would always say, I don't control anything. I manage life daily, living life on life's terms daily. How do we, as a patient, how do we not allow the disease to, to we wake up daily and not let, allow the disease to be who we are? Yes. Uh, you know, that's basically what we've been talking about is, you know, you know your leg is attached to you, but it's not entirely you. And you have certain choices of understanding and dealing with the problems that you have. Tell me one person who doesn't have a problem. Even Jesus said that. Those that haven't sinned cast the first stone. It's the human condition. And when we understand we have that human condition and there is a problem, you will find a solution to deal with it and not that, not let that problem become the rest of your life, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, um, and, and there, I, I, I would just add that you have choices to make. We all have choices to make. And you can choose to look at things in a positive way and a negative way. And in my opinion, it takes just as much energy, if not maybe more, to look at it negative. So, you know, it sounds corny, but turn that frown upside down and, and get, like they said in Shawshank Redemption, get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, I, I you know I talked about another disease. I have a dear friend of mine. He's actually worth several hundred million dollars, and he discovered he had cancer of the tongue. He, we've had he's had half his tongue removed, half his jaw removed, radiation, et cetera, et cetera. And this man didn't give up for one second. If you talked to him, you thought he was somebody managing somebody else's condition. He was on top of it. He went through all of this, got a recurrence, went through the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. He's always on smiling. He's always so, he says, "Listen, I gotta die one day, but this is just one of the problems I have. I'm doing my best, and I've seen patients manage stuff. A friend of mine again, I helped him through his journey. He got cholangiocarcinoma of his liver, and till the day he died, that he died at night. In the afternoon, he was from his bed." running conference calls and dealing, solving problems and doing things. He goes, when my light is out, it's out. And then that night he just died. So my problem point is that a lot of people, while they have their gifts, are ignoring everything else they can do and focusing. So one of the ways I tell patients is I say, look around the room and count everything that is a circle that you can find. And this man, I give them 15 seconds. They'll say, I counted 10 circles. I said, how many square circles, squares were there? They go, I don't pay attention to them. I said, the same way. You have some problems. You focus only on the problems, and there may be just four or five of those problems. But you have a 100 positive things that you can do, which you've ignored. And that's one way of dealing with this. You can give it any different name you want. And, and then you start if you're a writer. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. And, and that, I'm just, that's, I think that's a fantastic way to end this show. I agree. Focus on the 100 things or 10 things that are positive 
and ignore the negatives. Thank you so yeah, much, Dr. Chopra, for being here. Thank you. Pleasure. We really Thank appreciate so it. Happy New Year Thank to you. everyone. We will see you back in 2023. Happy New Year. You've been listening to The Heart of Innovation with Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Our mission is to help patients live a better quality of life through comprehensive education, real-time support, and high-touch advocacy in partnership with thewaytomyheart.org and take a stand against amputation. Our purpose is to reduce the 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes and nearly 200,000 amputations annually. For more information regarding topics you've heard discussed on today's program, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. The Heart of Innovation is for educational and informational purposes only, and advice and views shared are not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this show without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. If you think you are having a medical emergency, call your local emergency number or go to the nearest hospital or emergency room. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.